Thanks for listening to our Faith Church podcast. Let's listen to today's message. So let's dive in this morning to the Word. I'm so excited today. Now many of you may not realize this, but today is Pentecost Sunday. Pentecost Sunday is today in America. I personally think every day should be Pentecost Sunday. Um, We need more of the Holy Ghost, not less of them. I think sometimes we have events like this, days like Pentecost Sunday, to remind those who aren't into Pentecost we should be into Pentecost, at least one day a year. And uh, Pentecost, what is Pentecost? What's a Pentecostal Christian? We are a Pentecostal church. And a Pentecostal church is a church that believes in the Holy Spirit, the the church that believes in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking with tongues. That is a Pentecostal. So if you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you speak with other tongues, that is a Pentecostal. That's who we are. I'm not ashamed. I'm not afraid of saying that. That's who I am. That's who we want to be. But I also recognize that maybe you're new to our church or you didn't know that, and maybe you've heard things about Pentecostals. I've heard lots of things about Pentecostals over the years. Some good, not some not so good. But there's some good and not so good in every uh, version of Christianity. And so I love the Pentecostal experience. I love the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is so important to us. And maybe you're nervous about it. And I want to encourage you. You don't have to be nervous with the Holy Spirit. You do not have to be nervous with the Holy Spirit. I believe there's more of God that he wants to give us. I believe there's more that God wants to do in us. And it's the Holy Spirit that he wants to work in our lives. You know, we can try to be cute with the world, but I I trust that you're finding the world is never going to accept us. And so if if you didn't figure that out in the last 12 months, you you need to look around. The world is not acceptance of the church, so we might as well be who we are. And we are the church. We are a Pentecostal church. We believe in the power of the Holy Ghost. And I believe the more we become Pentecostal, you know, there's a fire of God that he wants to bring to the church. And I want the fire of God to burn. I don't know if you're paying attention, but we're seeing right now a lot of pastors, a lot of church leaders um, being removed right now. A lot of churches, even churches are closing down. But there's pastors that are falling by the wayside in droves. And I honestly believe, and I say this very sincerely, one of the major reasons we're losing pastors and we're losing churches is because they are not living with the fire of God in their life every day. If the fire of God is living in your life every day, it's going to burn out all that crud. It's going to burn out all that sin. It's going to burn out all that unholiness that's in our life. But when you live without the fire of God, And you can be Pentecostal. You can have the Holy Spirit without fire. But Jesus came to bring the Holy Spirit and fire. I don't want just the Holy Spirit. I want the fire of the Holy Spirit working in me. Because the fire is what burns out all the sin. It burns out all the garbage that's in us. And I really believe we need more of the Holy Spirit. Turn with me to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. We're going to dive into this this morning. Jesus is talking, and he says these words in verse 49. He says, I've come 
to set the world on fire, and I wish it were already burning. Let me say it again. Jesus says these words. I have come. I want you to understand why Jesus came. I've come to set the world on fire. And how I wish it was already burning. Tell somebody next to you, I wish you were on fire. I wish you were burning. Just not in hell. But with the Holy Ghost. We need the fire of the Holy Ghost. We need the fire of God burning in. The church is dying because it's lacking the fire of the Holy Ghost. There's a fire of God that has to come back to the church and has to come back to the world. We have to start looking for the fire in us. There has to come a renewed sense of fire. You know, you may not realize it, but these last 12, 18 months has taken a lot out of us. It's taken a lot out of the church. It's taken a lot out of us emotionally, spiritually, mentally. I mean, it's just taken a lot out. And we need the fire of God to begin to burn in us, to replenish and to give us what we need. I want you to read, though, what it says. Keep going in this passage from verse 50 to 52. So he says, I've come to set the world on fire. I wish it was already burning. Then Jesus goes on and says these words. I have a terrible baptism of suffering ahead of me, meaning he's going to be beaten, he's going to be uh, scourged, he's going to be hung on a cross. We know that. So he says, I have a terrible a baptism of suffering ahead of me, and I'm under a heavy burden until it is accomplished. Do you think I've come to bring peace on the earth? No. I have come to divide people against each other. From now on, families will be split apart Three in favor of me, two against, two in favor, and three against. Let me stop there. This is not a popular passage that people want to hear. Jesus says, I've come to burn, to let the fire burn in you. I want to set the world on fire. So do you think I've come to bring peace to the earth, to the world? He says, no. Now, he wants to bring peace to you but not the world. And you might be saying, I just want to see there's to be peace. There's never going to be peace in this world. Jesus didn't come to bring peace to the world. He came to bring peace to you, but not peace to the world. And then notice what he says. I've come to divide three against two, two against three, divide persons against persons. See, fire divides. When you get on fire, there's going to be people who don't like it. When you get on fire, there's going to be people who won't accept you. There's going to be people who don't care for your brand of Christianity. There'll be people that'll tell you to tone it down. There'll be people that'll tell you, we don't need all of that. We don't need to have all that. We can just have a little bit. We don't need the power of the Holy Ghost. We don't need the fire of God. And when you choose to get on fire, you're going to lose relationships. You're going to lose people in your life. And the reason why some people don't want to get on fire and don't want the fire of God working in them is because they don't want to, they're not willing to lose relationships. They put relationships above, above the fire of God. And it's not that Jesus purposely wants us to lose relationships, but the fire is it's just going to happen. Not everybody's going to be happy for your brand of Christianity. Not everybody's going to want you to be on fire. And people are going to push back. 
I mean, look even now at our world. The world hates the church. They hate us. They hate the church. They mock us every time they can. They criticize us every chance they can. And you're going to have to take a stand. When the fire of God comes upon you, people are going to see you burning. They're going to see you on fire. And they're not going to want it. They're not going to be, want to be around you. They're not going to want to talk to you. And it could be even your own family. Even Jesus said, listen, my family is those who do my will. Those who are in alignment with me. Not everybody's going to align with you. And you have to understand, right now, we should see and we should know that people aren't aligning with us anyways. You might as well get on fire for God. You might as well let the fire of God burn in you. You might as well start going after God with everything. They're already not aligning with us. They already don't care about us. And so we have to start showing something that maybe they would want. See, because the fire of God, the fire of God, you can't hide. You can't put the fire in the back room. You can't pretend you have a fire. You, people know who's burning with the Holy Ghost and who's not. And it draws people. If you look at Acts 2.6, just as a reference, when they got filled with the Holy Ghost and the fire of God began to burn, men started to come from all over the city going, what is going on? See, our world's messed up. Our world is really messed up. Our world is so messed up. And we're, we're having conversations that are useless. We're talking about things that the world cares about, but God doesn't. And you have to understand, God came to bring his fire he wants the world saved. He wants the world delivered. He wants the world set free. And if we're going to see this world change, our, our city is a mess. Our city is messed up. Our government's messed up. Our schools are messed up. Our county's a mess. Our suburbs, we're a mess. Our state is a mess. Our nation is a mess. It's been a mess a long time. And if we're going to actually do something to change the world, it's not going to have a good conversation. I can't lobby people to Christ. I can't pick the right politician. Everybody's happy. You're going to have to come to a place where you need Jesus Christ to be able to be the light of the world. You're going to have to come on fire for the things of God. People will be drawn to you and say, what is it about you? Why are you so on fire? How come you're so different? And the fire of God will actually draw people. But you're going to have to make a choice that some of the things that you have been doing and some of the things that you've been involved with, really, when it comes to it, it's not going to change the world anyways. The world isn't going to change because you have a conversation. Demons aren't going to back up because you told them to stop. Demons don't care what you think. Demons don't care that you got a consortium together and you discuss the problems in our world. Demons don't care what you think about masks or vaccines or anything else. Why is those the hills that everybody wants to die on? We need to die on the hill of the Holy Ghost and the fire of God. Why is it all that other stuff that we have to die on this hill? Well, I'm staking my claim and you're fighting it. Everybody, you're fighting this person, you're fighting that person on this issue and on that issue. And those are the issues you're willing to die on, realizing that they don't mean a hill of beans to the kingdom of God. I don't care. None of that stuff, when it comes to it, matters. None of that stuff's going to get me to heaven. 
There's still going to be racism. There's still going to be corruption. There's still going to be violence. There's still going to be homicides in Rochester, New York. There's still going to be all this garbage going on. Sin is still going to run rampant until there is a move of the Holy Ghost. Without the Holy Spirit moving, there is nothing that's going to change. No conversations, no consortiums. I don't care who you vote for. None of them are going to bring in the power of the Holy Ghost. It is the church. Jesus said, I come to put the world on fire. It's the church. It's the body of Christ. And this men and women of God that are filled, the book of Acts is loaded with these stories and these testimonies of people being filled with the Holy Ghost and changing their city. Even 150 years ago with Charles Finney, we talk about Finney coming in and changing our society and changing our world. And he came in and there was a move of God. People were getting saved left and right. People were running to the altars. People were crying out. Jails were being emptied. Bars were being emptied. All these places were being emptied out because of a move of God. But I'm almost tired of talking about Finney because I don't want to look back 150 years. I want to see it today in 2021. We need a move of God. We need the power of God to move. Because notice what he says, Jesus says in there, not only does the fire of God divide, but the fire of God unites people. And if you want to get people on the same page, he says two will be with, two will be against. Three will be with, three will be against. Though some people will be drawn to you. Some people, I love a move of God. I love the power of God. I love things that are happening by the Spirit of God. Yes, I know things can get messy, but they're messy anyways. Think people are messy. Stuff is messy. Our world is messy. And there is no clean revival. I remember talking to my mom many years ago, and she said, you know, revival's messy. Well, I'd ever rather have a messy revival than no revival. And it's messy because it exposes the hearts of men. It's messy because garbage comes up that you have to deal with. And we have so much garbage in our world. And the church, we got to stop just trying to play nice. I'm not trying to be ornery. I'm not trying to be mean. That's not my point either. We need the power of the Holy Ghost. We don't have to try to be political. We don't have to try to be anything. We need the power of God. There's something missing in our society. And it's a move of the Holy Spirit. It's a move of God that he wants to draw people to salvation. Without a move of God, we will not see the next generation come to Christ. The next generation is looking for something real. They want real. And it's more than just a conversation. And it's more than just a worldview conversation. They want to see and experience. Listen, they pull out these little phones in their pockets. Some of them have big honking phones. It's bigger than the whole leg. But they've got these little phones they pull out and they get more stimulation out of that than they do the church. Why is that? Why can't we be so on fire that they put those things down and watch the fire of God burn and watch the presence of God come, watch healings and miracles manifest? Why is it that those little things are more interesting? People want the real 
But you're going to have to be willing to take the criticism with the real. See, because fire also has a sound. There's a sound. When people get on fire, there's a sound. There's an excitement. There's a joy. There's a shout. There's, a, there's just an atmosphere that is just different. When people are on fire, when people are expectant, when people are excited, when they know something's getting ready to be birthed, something's ready to happen, things are changing in them, there's a sound. Whenever there's a new baby, there's a sound. Whenever there's a new birthing, there's a sound. There's a sound of life. There's a sound of joy. There's a sound of freedom. There's a sound with fire. There's a sound that you have when you see people healed, when you see people set free, when you see people delivered. There's a sound when that's your child, when that's your parent, when that's your friend, and you see them miraculously healed. There's a sound that there needs to be within us that we are not afraid of. You know, some people, they don't want anybody to know. I don't want anybody to know that I'm a Christian. I don't want anybody to know what my life is like. I don't want anybody to know. You know, I just want to, it's kind of my own private thing. When you get on fire, you can't keep it quiet. When you get on fire, the whole world's going to see you burn. Jesus, how many times did Jesus say to those guys, he'd heal them and go, now don't tell anybody. (laughs) And how many times did they go and tell everybody? That's because there's a sound. There is a sound to revival. There's a sound to the things of God. And you're going to have to get over what people think. Some people are going to be for you. Some people are going to be against you. But if you've learned anything in these last 12 months, there's people that were once for you are now against you anyways. They were your friends 12 months ago. And now they want nothing to do with you. And so we can't be afraid of who likes us, who doesn't like us, who wants to come to church, who thinks church is crazy, who thinks I'm crazy. I don't care. I, I, I love the fire of God. And, and God is just, he's been speaking to me for months now about the fire of God. Months he's been calling me. And you don't know this, but I've been coming in here for months now praying for the fire of God. I've been just walking around this building praying for the fire of God to begin to burn in this church and to burn in churches in Rochester. I don't, I don't want it just to be one church. I want it to be churches. It's not something I want to hoard. It's something that we need to share. It needs to go from church to church. It didn't happen in one city in the book of Acts. It got spread. It began to go to the next city, the next city, to the next church, and the next people. Went from Jews to Gentiles. The fire of God. I want the fire of God so bad. Pastor Darrell and I were in a... Uh, conference about three weeks ago and in this conference um, there was about 300 pastors that were just on fire for God on fire and we're looking at these these people and what was amazing to us was as we looked at them over half of them were under the age of 40 and they were just on fire and I looked at her and I said we've got to have this We've got to have the fire of the Holy Ghost. And I know it's going to cost us things. I know it's going to cost us people who don't want it. I know it's going to cost us some things that are out there. People aren't going to be happy about it. 
But as I looked around and I saw the fire of God and healings and miracles, young people running around the church, just running because they're so excited about God, so excited about the things of God, running around church, children, six, seven, eight years old, running around the church, excited about the things of God. I said, we've got to stop being religious. And I don't want a fake fire. I don't want to do a pretend fire. It's got to be a a real fire. And I realize people can get caught up. But truthfully, I I just want God to move. And I'm so tired of of there to be no big fire. Yeah, we have little pieces here and there. And, And I'm grateful. Salvations, last week we had three people saved. That's awesome. That's powerful. That's wonderful. I don't despise. I think that's amazing. And to me, that's signs that God's doing something. There's things that God is doing. But I don't, don't just want salvations. I want people to be filled with the power of the Holy Ghost, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, speaking in other tongues. I want people to be so full of God that when they get home, that they have to lay their hands on something. Something's getting saved. Something's getting healed. They have to, when they get to work, somebody's going to hear the gospel. When they get to the restaurant, some waiter or waitress is going to hear something about Jesus. When you get so on fire that you can't help yourself. We have to shift our thinking. There's a fire that God is doing. And I'm looking around the country and I see meetings that are happening where literally thousands of people are coming to Christ. I see these big meetings, tent meetings, other things that are going on around the country. God is moving. And if there's people that are willing, he will move. But you're going to have to be willing to be criticized. You have to be willing to be laughed at. You have to be willing to look down upon. But see, he promised in Acts, he said, I will pour my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons your daughters, your grandsons, your granddaughters will prophesy. There'll be dreams. There'll be visions. There'll be things God will do, healings and miracles, deliverance. Our nation is trying to solve problems without God. They're doing a horrible job. They're trying to solve all these problems by controlling the media, by controlling the social media, by making sure this isn't up, that's not up, this is up, that's up, by trying to trying to tell whatever version of truth that they've got. And the only truth that matters is the truth of Jesus Christ. The only truth that matters is the Holy Ghost and power. The only truth that we need is God's truth. All the other stuff is subject. But God's truth is real, and we need the power of God. Matthew chapter 3, if you look at Matthew 3, Matthew 3, 11 and 12, it says this. And John the Baptist is talking, and he's speaking And he says, I baptize with water those who repent of their sins and turn to God. But someone is coming soon who is greater than I am. So much greater that I'm not even worthy to be his slave or to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Not only that, he goes on in verse 12 that I think is important. He is ready, talking about Jesus, Jesus is ready to separate the chaff from the wheat with his winnowing fork. He will clean up the threshing floor, gathering the wheat into his barn, but burning the chaff with never-ending fire. Pastor, what's the difference between chaff and wheat? 
Well, the wheat is the substance. It's the food. It's the corn. It's, the, it's that substance that you have in the harvest. The chaff is all the other stuff that's around it. It's the stuff that blows in the wind. And it's the stuff that has no value. Nobody goes out and says, how much can I sell chaff for? You know, there's nothing there. It's, it's, it's worthless. And it's stuff that is just there. It's a part of the growth process. The wheat and the tares are going to grow together. You're going to have both grow up together. You're going to have the corn stalk come. But the only thing of value you're going to eat is the corn. You're not eating all the other stuff that you're peeling off. You're not eating all the other things. And so there's a separation that Jesus says he's coming to separate the wheat and the chaff. He's coming to separate those that are, are on fire, those that are, have substance, and those who don't. There's a lot of people who come to church who are wheat. They are filled up. They are ready. They, are, they have the word of God moving in them. But there's some people who've been coming that are just chaff. They get blown around with everything going on. They get blown around with this doctrine, with that doctrine. They get blown around with this medical situation, with that. They get blown around with the news reports. They get blown around with social media. They're just blown around. And Jesus says, I'm coming to separate. And you don't have to be chaff. You can be wheat. You can be one of substance. But you're going to have to make a decision. And he's coming and he wants to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And those that are filled with the Holy Spirit and fire, they, he says, those are the ones that are wheat. Those are the ones that are going to be able to stand in the test of time. We know we're in a period of shaking. Even Pastor Ham preached it uh, last year. I preached it last year that everything that can be shaken is being shaken. Things are being shaken. That's part of the threshing floor. That's part of the things that God is doing. God's stirring things up. God's stirring things around in the body of Christ. That's why you see so many of these pastors out. You see so many churches closing because God is stirring up the wheat and the chaff. Doesn't matter what your title is. Doesn't matter how long you've been saved. Doesn't matter the, what you prayed five years ago. Where are you now with God? What is happening in your life right now? Is there a fire burning in you? Are you barely hanging on to your salvation? What is going on in your heart? What is going on in your everyday life? Are you excited about the Holy Ghost or you can't remember the last time you spoke in tongues? When was the last time you burned with the Holy Spirit? You just burned. You were so on fire for the things of God where you didn't care what anybody thought. That's the wheat and to see what's happened is what we've been seeing over these last 12 months, we just don't realize it, is people have been blown around with all this stuff. Blown around with all these distractions. Blown around with all these problems. There's problems in our world. Do you see the problems? Rochester, I don't even need to look at the world. I just look at Rochester. Rochester is so messed up right now. There's so much garbage right now. People are just blown around, blown around. We think, well, if we just get a different politician, well, if we just get a different uh, lawsuit or we just get a different law or whatever it is, it'll t- it, you, you, those are demons. And unless there's a move of God, one more cop conversation isn't going to change the hearts of men. And we're dying on hills that aren't worth dying for. They're shafts. It's not we're dying on that hill. It's chaff. 
We need the power of God. We need the anointing of God. We need the Holy Spirit and fire. That's what's worth dying for. When the fire of God comes, people will start running to the church. They'll start running to you. They'll start running into the presence of God. They have to get saved. They have to give their life to Christ. And when the fire of God begins to burn, you won't even need to tell people they're sinning. They'll know they're sinning. Because they'll know the fire will begin to burn in them. I can't live like this anymore. i got to stop sleeping with her or him or both. I've got to stop doing all that. I've got to stop all this mess and stop stealing from my job. I've got to stop talking this way on social media. I've got to stop ripping on people and I've got to stop criticizing. The Holy Spirit will deal with you. If you're not feeling dealt with, then the Holy Spirit ain't at work. Because the Holy Spirit deals with us all. Even Peter on the boat felt convicted. I've got too much pride. Think I could do it my way. Think I knew more than Jesus. Jesus, we've been doing this all night. Well, if you know more, then okay, I guess we're done. What kind of mess are we in when we think we know more than Jesus? Well, I don't know if we need all that, Pastor. Jesus came. To put the world on fire. So who are you to tell him he's wrong? Who are you to say Jesus doesn't know what he's talking about? Jesus wants the world on fire. Yet we're struggling with sin. This world is so full of sin. You can't even open social media. Without finding sin everywhere. Sickness. Disease. Fear. Anxiety. Depression. PTSD. I mean, there's so much trauma, so much garbage, so much sin. Everything is everywhere right now. And I appreciate the world trying to solve it, but they have no answers. Their answers are medication or how much we going to drink tonight. Some people drink away their problems. Well, if I just drink a little, I can sleep. If I can just take this little pill, I can get through the day. If you just had the Holy Spirit, you could too. The Holy Spirit doesn't need all that. You just need a drink of the Holy Ghost. You need a drink of the Holy Spirit to fill you and get baptized again and again. See, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not a one-time experience. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is an ongoing experience. It's an ongoing process. You were baptized, now you need to keep getting baptized. You need to keep getting filled with the Holy Ghost. When you wake up in the morning, you fill yourself up with the Holy Ghost. When you go to bed, you fill yourself up with the Holy Ghost. You keep yourself filled throughout the day with the Holy Ghost. That's why it's important to spend time praying in the Spirit. Because you're filling up your spirit, but in filling up your spirit, you're settling your human side. Sometimes, if I'm all anxious... I pray in the Spirit, it all goes away. Anxiety, fear, pray in the Spirit, gone. Just like that, bang. Because the Holy Spirit can solve what the world can't solve. And God wants to bring his Holy Spirit to fill us. Satan is going to keep doing what he's doing. The Holy Spirit is the counter culture, to, counter to our culture right now. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost fully come, there they were in all one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven 
as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there dwelling in Jerusalem, Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came running together and were confused because everyone heard in their own language. God knows how to get the world to hear. God, the Holy Spirit, he wants to pour out his Spirit upon us. And as they waited and waited and waited on the Holy Spirit, he began to fill them. The fire is the overflow. I don't want just enough of the Holy Spirit. I want the overflow, the baptism. I want to receive everything. And he says, tongues of fire sat upon them. Tongues as of fire sat upon each one of them. The question that came to my mind is, what's sitting on me? Is depression sitting on me? Feeling overwhelmed sitting on me? Fear, torment, sickness, disease. What's sitting on you? What is sitting? Is there a fire of God sitting on you? Or are you, you living with all these other things that are sitting on you, that are pressing down on you, that are causing you to be frustrated? The Holy Spirit wants to fill you. But not only you, he wants to fill the next generation. As I continue to study what's going on, the next generation is leaving the church in large numbers with the exception of Pentecostal churches. It's fascinating. All the mainline churches, evangelical churches, have been losing. They've almost lost all of their young people. But there's something that's still relevant in Pentecostal churches that are fully Pentecostal. That the young people are responding to. And I truly believe that the more the church gets on fire, that the more the young people will respond. Because even Peter, as he stood up and said, this is what was spoken of the prophet Joel. That the young men will have visions, the old will have dreams, that my spirit will be poured on all flesh. Your young, your young shall prophesy. They shall speak things of the word of God. I believe there's a move of God yet to come to this generation. I believe there's a move of God that God wants to bring, but they want to see it. We can't just talk about it. I want them to experience that overwhelming presence of God, that overwhelming infilling of the Holy Spirit. They've got a lot of voices in their ears. You might be young here today. There's a lot of voices in your ears. I know that. There's a lot of voices, people telling you stuff, people telling you what to believe. But I'm here today because I don't need to tell you anything. I need to show you something. I need you to see and experience the power of God. Because when the power of God comes upon you and you begin to experience that presence of God, it'll answer your questions. 
You won't need to be drawn in by the world. The power of God will begin to stir you and you'll witness. There's young people right now who are witnessing in droves. They're in fire. We just prayed for a bunch from our church last week that are in New York City for the next three weeks witnessing on the streets of New York on fire for Jesus Christ this week. There's young people that are on fire and there's a greater fire yet to be born. And, you know, we just went, I was just last week at my daughter's graduation uh, down at World Harvest, and there's a young people that are so on fire for the things of God. I mean, these kids were screaming because they wanted the fire and power of God, and they wanted the anointing of God, and they want to see God move. I'm telling you, there's a generation that is hungry, and we need to open up the presence of God in a greater way. Stop just arguing about stuff that doesn't matter. Stop acting like chaff and start acting like wheat and start realizing that there's something that God wants to do in our city, in our young people, in our homes, in our families, in our marriage, in our children. We need the power of God in us now. And I'm ready. I'm so tired of of trying to do it every other way. You say, well, I don't know if people are going to like it. They're not. Some people aren't going to like it. Well, some people may leave. They may leave. I get it. I understand what I'm saying. I understand that I'm putting a stake in the ground. And I understand some people aren't going to like it. But those of you who maybe this is new to you, give it some time. Realize we need the power of God. Or maybe those of you who have known about this, but you've gotten a little stale. Maybe you just need God to touch you in a very real way. Maybe you haven't realized how stale you've gotten. But I'm here to tell you today, God wants to touch you. God wants to minister to you, but you're going to have to cry out for it. God's no respecter of persons. If you cry out for the power of God, he'll give it to you. If you cry out for a move of God, he'll give it to you. If you cry out for the infilling, there's people, I give young people that are part of our church that are literally baptizing kids in tubs in their rooms. They're baptizing kids because they are seeing a move of God on their college campus. They're seeing a move of God in in places in New York City. They're seeing a move of God where they go. There's something that's happening, but we should be the ones that are helping them. We should be the ones that are setting the tone. We should be the ones that are on fire praying it through. There's a move of God. We got too many people fighting over stuff that doesn't matter. We need to allow the fire of God to burn that out of us and let the power of God come into our spirit. Thanks again for listening to our Faith Church podcast. We are so glad you chose to listen to this message. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast to receive notifications when we release new content. Also, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Faith Church Rock to find out more information about what is currently happening at Faith Church.